G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. To be honest, the first few years of playing Christian music full time, I was grateful for the opportunity, but at the same time, all my friends were enjoying university lifestyle, that I'd be off playing a youth group somewhere in the middle of Australia, you know. And I think really the turning point for me, when I was about 22 years old, my best friend was killed in a car accident, mm. and suddenly I realized that I'd been given this opportunity to share something about an eternal truth and that that actually mattered. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we're going to get to know an Aussie singer who's had some success in the United States. Nathan Tasker is a husband, a dad, and an Australian Christian singer-songwriter who's been based in Nashville for over 10 years. Nathan is having a chat with Karen Hunt and sharing how he came to be based in the US. On a busy Sydney street Underneath the moving feet If you looked you just might see what I see your journey, your story. You're a Sydney boy. Can you let us know what was life like for you as a little guy growing up in Sydney? Yeah, I mean, life was great growing up in Sydney. Um, I am the oldest of three kids. I have two sisters who are younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in a Christian home, which was fairly unusual for a lot of the friends that I had, and really enjoyed my time. You know, I loved very simple life, that's for sure, and I mean, during my early years, uh, church and, you know, growing up as a Christian was, was really the kind of main thing that I remember as a little kid and also loving music at the same time. And then during my high school years, I uh, wandered a bit from what I had, had learned and knew to be true, uh, only to come back when I was about 16 years old after reading a book about the life of Keith Green called No Compromise. So, and what a classic um, book that is. Yeah, what an incredible, I mean, that reignited my faith in a, a huge way. My parents bought me that book. They had seen the way that I was really struggling. I was searching for truth, but I was searching in definitely all the wrong places during mm-hmm. that time. And uh, they persuaded me to read that book because they said it was about a musician. They didn't tell me that it was about a Christian musician. Yeah. And so <laughs> I read it avidly. And before I knew it, uh, the bit that was intriguing me the most was Keith's understanding of who Jesus is mm. and uh, made me realize I didn't know the same Jesus that he did. So yeah. uh, it sent me on a journey to discover okay. Jesus in the Gospels. So tell us, when you were a little guy, did you always mm. love music? Did you play from a young age? What else was a part of your world? What other things did you enjoy as well? Um, I mean, to be honest, music really did take up a lot of my time. Of course, as a young kid, I loved riding my bike and riding skateboards. That was kind of the other thing that consumed me. But uh-huh. I remember from a very early age just being really intrigued by music and realizing that my parents weren't as intrigued by it. They didn't need to have it playing. Whereas every time I got in the car, I had to turn the radio on. I memorized songs. I wanted to 
see them. I wanted to be engaged with them. And uh, it all kind of culminated with um, when I was about 14 or 15 years old, I started teaching myself to play the guitar on my mum's old nylon string guitar. Yeah. And uh, that was really what started me on the journey of actually being able to play music, not just enjoy it listening to it. So. so Nathan, beyond the bike riding, the, the skateboarding, uh, the guitar playing, were you into sports at all? Did you have any other fascination? I wasn't too much into sport, to be honest. I also, at the same time, during high school, I, had, I played the double bass, okay. the, which was a very big instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I played in a lot of bands uh, during my school time. So music did really kind of consume consume the latter part of my high school, um, so much so that I was allowed to not do any sport wow. <laughs> during high school. So, really? Yeah. Um, which, you know, again, in hindsight, it probably could have been good to play some team sports, but uh, I don't know. At that stage, all I could do was uh, was play music. That was what I enjoyed. The most so, and being in a band, really, you are working together as a team. So I'm sure those skills would have been used and honed. That's, I think, that's very true. There's definitely that element to it. So, uh, yeah, playing with people and not against them, hopefully. Yeah. And did you imagine growing up that you would be a touring muso, that you would be living in another country? Was that a part of your dreaming at that time? No, not really. I mean, to be honest with you, I had always thought that I would be a school teacher. And so even when I left uh, high school, I enrolled in a teaching degree, which turned into just a general arts degree, Mm -hmm. uh, studying the Bible and philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I guess people had heard me playing Christian songs, uh, especially other people's Christian songs. And so I started to get invitations to play at conferences and at uh, youth groups. And it kind of grew to the point where I deferred university. And so I really, to be honest, stumbled into playing Christian music. I was never one of those people at the end of a concert, someone else's concert, that had to go up and say, how do I do this? Tell me what this was, the secret. That was never me. Uh, I really didn't resonate with that at all. And to be honest, the first few years of playing Christian music full-time, I was grateful for the opportunity, but at the same time, all my friends were enjoying university lifestyle. They were, you know, going to the beach on the weekends, and I'd be off playing a youth group somewhere in the middle of Australia, you know. Yeah. Um, And I think really the turning point for me, uh, when I was about uh, 22 years old, my best friend was killed in a car accident, Mm. and... Suddenly I realized that I'd been given this opportunity to stand in front of people and share something about the truth and an eternal truth and that 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 actually mattered. And so that was really what the first time I really embraced being a a full-time Christian artist was really at that time. Um, I'd already been doing it for a few years. So, yeah, it was a strange circumstance. Yeah, and although you didn't, complete the studies for teaching as such, like you're saying, there you are as a teacher to the youth of Australia, mm. eh? Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely, I think those elements that create a teacher, you know, taking the responsibility of being in front of people and, and sharing something and really longing for it to be something that's truthful, uh, those elements definitely were ingrown uh, in me, I think, from even those 
few short years of, of studying. But yeah, that's a very good point. I, I hadn't thought about it like that as much. Nathan, that really did impact your life, didn't it? And what you were able to convey to other people as a result of that. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it, it kind of um, set me on a new journey, uh, one that I didn't expect. Uh, I suddenly found myself, after playing music each night, I would go to bed and I would genuinely tremble, like really worry that uh, I had been strapping on a guitar and I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but um, when you strap on a guitar and stand up in front of a group of people, especially youth, uh, they often take everything that you say as gospel. Mm. Um, very rarely do they go up and go and check it for themselves, you know. And I was really feeling the weight of that, especially after losing my friend. I realized that there was a lot at stake in life. And uh, um, that actually caused me to uh, get on a plane and visit Nashville, Tennessee, uh, in order to find older Christian artists. So people who were still playing Christian music, who were older than me, who kind of, I guess, guide me and mentor me um, as, as a young artist coming through. And... Uh, that really was trans- transformational for me. That that really changed everything. You mentioned earlier that you played the double bass with school bands, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking double bass, orchestral music. You know, Nashville's a very different place to, say, Switzerland and Austria and all the classical yeah. scene. In Nashville sure. itself, I'm aware that you've toured with the likes of Bebo Norman, Andrew Peterson. Mm-hmm. I chatted with Andrew a couple of years ago now, and he was telling me about mm-hmm. the Rabbit Room. Is that mm-hmm. familiar to you? Yeah, it is. Actually, um, Andrew and I are managed by the same person in, in Nashville, so uh, I'm very familiar with the Rabbit Room because of that. Uh, our, our manager looks after that as well, which for those people who don't know, it's an online uh, website, a community of people that uh, blog and um, encourage people to think deeply Um and also share music as well, uh, a bit of a hub, I guess. Nashville certainly does seem to be quite a big hub for creative Christian people. For you personally, how was it that you were able to connect and, and hook in there into that scene? My main reason for heading over is I'd followed the music of a guy called Michael Card, um, oh, yes. kind of famous for writing a song called El Shaddai, uh-huh. and... Uh, he and I had a mutual friend in Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, actually C.S. Lewis's stepson, yeah. a, a gentleman named Douglas Gresham. And uh, I had stayed with Douglas in Ireland, and uh, I told him how much I liked Michael Card's music and how much I'd love to spend time with him. He was an older Christian artist, and I felt like I could learn a lot. And um, Douglas gave me Michael's uh, mobile number and said, when you're in Nashville, give Michael a call and tell him he has to hang out with you. And... Uh, so I flew back to Australia and then about a month later got on a plane and flew to Nashville and all I had was Michael Card's phone number and so I rang it when I arrived at a hotel in Nashville and uh, he said, well, I'm going to the movies tonight with Phil Keege, another incredible guitar player. Yes. Um, Would you like to come? <laughs> exactly. And so that was really my introduction was going and, and visiting with him. Uh, I joined a church uh, in Nashville during that time I was over and I uh, met a lot of um, people who were my age who were all studying music or songwriting, um, you know, and at the church itself at that time, Stephen Curtis Chapman was there, mm. Amy Grant was there, Six Was of Richard were there, Joseph Clay were there. So suddenly I was surrounded by all of these people who were 
uh, creating music and creating at a very high level as well. Um, and I also discovered uh, one of my best friends in Nashville now and one of my uh, mentors, Charlie Peacock, um, who is a, an amazing uh, Christian author, a singer-songwriter, producer, and um, yeah, all because of Douglas Gresham over in Ireland all those years ago. <laughs> You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is having a chat with Australian Christian singer-songwriter Nathan Tasker, who's been based in Nashville for over 10 years. We'll hear more of his story when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Karen Hunt chatting with Australian Christian singer-songwriter Nathan Tasker, who's been based in Nashville for over 10 years. Before the break, we heard how Nathan became connected with various recording artists in the Nashville area. Now, we're going to find out what happened next in his life, including some of the challenges that he and his wife have gone through. From that point, I started to visit Nashville every summer, um, or at least during their summer, which was our winter in Australia. And mm-hmm. so uh, I very rarely played much in winter, um, and so it was a great time to spend in Nashville. I would just join a college group, um, I'd hang around with other artists, I'd every now and again go on the road with Michael Card and just hang out with him, um, but really I was kind of building, I guess, friendship circles within Nashville. I very rarely played any music, to be honest, I was yeah. really just seeking just friendship, and it meant that when it came time to move to Nashville, we already had a church family that we could plug into. Uh, I had all of these friends, uh, people that were happy to hang out with us and also to help, you know, with my music and things like that as well. So that's kind of how that progression happened that finds us actually living in Nashville uh, right now. And when you say we and us, you're talking about your wife now, Cassie. Tell us, you've just celebrated 10 years of marriage this year. Happy anniversary again. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How did you meet Cassie and what was her part in your journey? Yeah, wow. Um, I met Cassie in Sydney at a church that I was going to. Um, I didn't get along to church very much that year because I was touring a lot. And one of the times that I was there, I kind of spotted her. I'd never seen her before at church and I'd been at that church for 12 years, so I knew everybody. Um and I remember asking a friend that I was sitting next to, I said, who is that girl? You know, I've never seen her here before. And he said, well, that's Cassie. She's just moved here with her family. And so I needed to join, you know, a Bible study group. And I thought, wow, I should join her Bible study group. <laughs> Where and does so I she did. go? And uh, I kind of chased her down for about six months before she agreed to go on a date with me. And once that happened, we, we dated for nine months and then were engaged for six months mm-hmm. and then got married. And uh, it Honestly, it has been, you know, the best thing that's ever happened in my life was meeting her and and getting married. And uh, probably one of the reasons why, you know, I'm even in Nashville and I'm getting the tour over here is just her belief that God wanted us to do what we do 
and she wanted to help to make that a reality. And there's a sense in which I'm the typical musician. I could be uh, quite, uh, I guess, lazy and sometimes even depressive, um, uh, you know, depending on how creative I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And so she really was the one who helped to inspire me to, you know, to follow the path that uh, God was kind of laying before us. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's no way I would be here without her, that's yeah, for sure. What a blessing she is, hey? Now, you said she was new mm-hmm. to Sydney. Where did she come from? She was originally from Adelaide. South Australian girl. There you go. So how far into your marriage did you move to the States to actually live? Um, we, during our first year of marriage, actually three months into our marriage, we flew to Nashville. Charlie Peacock produced a record for me called Must Be More. Um, which had a, a few songs do well in Australia. One of them was called Like You Love Me, and some people might be familiar with that, yep. that song because it has a whistling part in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did that. We were over here for three months in Nashville, and then went back to Australia. And during that following year, we toured a lot and also at the same time pursued visas to be able to move to America. So we were only about... A year into our marriage when we started to apply for visas to live and work here, um, which has been wonderful. We've now got green cards here and uh, even our little boy is an American citizen. So, fairly crazy. Now, I'm aware that your personal journey in itself, you've mentioned the accident of your friend, but your journey's included sorrow, it's included doubt, Uh, also hope and expectation, and it's your life experiences that have helped to shape your music. Are you willing to share with us your journey of becoming parents? Is that okay? Yeah, definitely. Um, More than willing to share. My my wife and I, um, a few years ago, um, my wife's uh, dad was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He had about 10 months before... Uh, he succumbed to that and passed away. And uh, during that same time, we had found out that Cassie was actually pregnant with twin babies. Mm. And um, we shared that news with her family on the eve of her dad's funeral. And as you can imagine, there was great joy in the midst of great sorrow, you know, marveling at how God brings life even out of death. And uh, that was all fantastic until uh, around six months pregnant, my wife was rushed to a hospital here in Nashville. Um, the sack around our little girl had ruptured and uh, she was put on bed rest to see if we could save the twins. However, unfortunately, after a couple of weeks on bed rest, uh, she went into premature labor and our little girl was stillborn. Um, our little boy arrived a few hours later and he lived for a, a little while before he went to be with his sister. Mm. And uh, by the end of that year, that was 2011, we were fairly heartbroken. We were, we were fairly battered. And really, there was a, a sense in which we, we, Cassie had struggled to become pregnant, and so we really weren't sure if there was uh, a possibility that that was something that God had in store for us. But at the same time, we had both tasted the possibility of being parents. And then through some different circumstances and through God's just incredible grace, you know, just under two years ago, Cassie gave birth to our little boy, Theo, and we, I mean, we've experienced joy uh, before, that's for sure. But uh, nothing could really compare to what it meant to have this little guy enter into our lives. And um, he continues to bring us just incredible joy every day. We feel very, very, very grateful. Uh, And, you know, God, out of his kindness, has, has done that when he didn't need to. And in that same year, 2011, 
You were named mm. 2011 Australian Artist of the Year by The Rock across Australia. I've noted, Nathan, that uh, you've actually had number one radio singles in both Australia and the UK. I picture in my mind a tightrope walker. Is that you mm. in my picture? That is. That is me. And I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of people, um, you know, there's a real sense in which the last few years I've felt a little like a tightrope walker, that yeah. kind of, you know, being kind of uh, blown from side to side and really, I guess, nervous uh, a bit during that experience. And the truth is I found out that for a tightrope walker, for a, a person on the wire, the way that they actually make it to their destination is that they keep their eyes focused on the goal. Mm. Uh, they don't look around or behind. They don't look down. They keep focused on the goal. And I think that that's a pretty cool analogy for what I want my life to be like now, um, to keep my eyes focused on Jesus, all that he is for us, and to let that define my journey home. That's where that title uh, really did come from. So Man on a Wire, it's available now through iTunes via your website, again, nathantasker.com, and uh, it's also available mm-hmm. at all Kurong stores in Australia, yeah? That's right. You know, the lyrics are always the most important thing for me. I mean, I spend a lot of time and work on the music, but always as a way of trying to communicate something. And some of the lyrics are, are quite heavy. I mean, a lot of the songs are just great enjoyable songs, uh, full of joy and hope, but some of them are also very, uh, I guess you'd call them modern-day laments in that they're honest cries of a heart desperately seeking um, some comfort and seeking some answers in the midst of uh, great sorrow. And a lot of the people that have resonated the most with some of those songs in particular are people that you know for whom life has not gone exactly as they had hoped or dreamt or expected it to. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, they've faced tragedy, they've faced loss, they've faced grief, and I guess there's something to be said for solidarity, uh, knowing that you aren't alone, and I guess if these songs do anything, they express that one truth, that that you aren't alone. First of all, there are many of us who have experienced those uh, parts of life, and even more than that, our God truly understands what it feels and what it means to suffer, and can bring comfort in the midst of that. So, yeah, it's it's been incredibly well received from that perspective, which I'm I'm so thankful for. So, for people to find out more information, to find out about the details, where's the best place they could go to? I think the best place is always um, my website, NathanTasker.com, and then that has links to all of my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Fantastic. So that's NathanTasker.com. May God bless you and yours as you continue in your journey. It's Nathan Tasker, teacher of the truth, we can coin you. You did become a teacher. You'll continue (laughs) to teach through your music. God bless you, mate. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Karen, so much. That was Karen Hunt having a chat with Nathan Tasker in Nashville, Tennessee. Nathan is an Australian Christian singer-songwriter and has been based in Nashville for over 10 years. To find out more about Nathan and his music, his website is nathantasker.com. It's great to hear how Nathan has been using his creative gifts to bring glory to the Lord and to hear how faith in the Lord has helped him and his wife go through some pretty difficult times. As it says in the Bible, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. 
Well, thanks for joining us for Nathan's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.